Hey there, and welcome to How to Win a Campaign. It's Joe Fold. This week, we are joined with Zach Ragbull. Zach comes from the National Park Conservation Association, where he started there in 2017. He's got a long history of bringing advocacy work into digital spaces and using online tools to drive on the ground change. He's developed and executed online campaigns for groups like the Sierra Club, DSCC, Education Voters of America, and he completed his undergraduate degree at the University of Montana and holds an MA in political management from the George Washington University. Zach leads NPCA's work in social media and digital advocacy, and we're happy to have him on the show. Zach, welcome. Thank you very much, Joe. I'm excited to be with you here today. Yeah. So, for starters here, tell us how you ended up at the National Parks Conservation Association. Sure. I ended up at NPCA a couple of years back after taking the, the long road through all of DC's advocacy scene. I've been working in the nonprofit space specifically for a number of years, bouncing around between uh, advocacy groups that are focused on the environment, advocacy groups that are focused on social justice. I've also had a lot of experience working in the private sector and the government sector. Really, any place where I can use communications tools and hopefully digital tools to make some sort of difference in, in the world and make the world a better place. And I've always been drawn to those roles that kind of let me keep a foot in multiple worlds, whether that's traditional media and digital media or the different types of advocacy campaigns we can run. So NPCA was a great fit for me when that came along. Yeah. So what are the biggest challenges you solve in your job? I think the biggest challenge many of us in the advocacy world face right off the bat is breaking through to decision makers, whether that's on social media or in their inboxes getting enough of our folks to, to speak out in the right ways at the right time in the right place to get attention is almost the first challenge we face in an advocacy campaign. It's always going to be one of the biggest. It's also one of the most enjoyable for me to approach because it lets me work with people and I love that. So if you were giving advice to someone starting out in advocacy and you know this is a big hurdle, this engagement, um, issue that we have of trying to get legislators to engage or trying to get people to engage, what advice would you give them? First and foremost, I would advise people to keep it genuine. Uh, it's not just a, a matter of making sure that the legislators or the administrators or the mayors or governors or whoever understand that the feedback that they're getting from constituents is genuine. It's important that the advocates feel that it's genuine. That's going to be something that keeps them engaged and keeps them coming back to engage over and over and over again. That's where you'll break through is with the repeat action and the people who feel like they are invested personally and that they can make a difference. That's, I think, the key to breaking through, whether it's online or in person. And it starts with your intention to be genuine with your advocates. And, and so... I think that's solved in a couple ways, right? One is by the relationship you have with your advocates, and then the other is in the tools you use to frankly make it easier for your advocates to engage. So first, let's start with that relationship. How do you, you talk about that genuineness, which I think is so important, but how do you convey that in an email, in a conversation, on a phone call? Uh, people are bombarded with so much information information. Talk a little bit about how do you get that genuine sort of conversation through? 
It's really hard. You're right. People are bombarded with so much information. It's always difficult to get any one particular message or the subtlety and the nuance that just gets lost right away. Right. But I've really found that if you start with your own work and developing your theory of change, and if you're able to articulate to yourself or your team or your boss or your mother, what is the theory of change in this one action? How will this particular engagement help move the ball toward the end? That's the biggest struggle internally. The next part is, again, being honest with your advocates. Don't ever lie to them. Don't ever mislead them about, you're going to get a million petition signatures by tomorrow, and that means Joe Biden will create 10 new national parks. It's not just that that's a weak theory of change. It's that you're setting yourself up in a position to be untrustworthy in the future. You're never going to be able to pay that off. Which brings me to, I think, one of the things that's most often overlooked, certainly by me, I can admit that, following up with your advocates. We're always moving on to the next thing. We're always trying to solve the next problem. We're here to make the world a better place. It makes sense that we, want, that we look for the next problem. But if your advocates, if your community, if the folks who are paying attention don't see the impact of their input into the work, they're not going to believe you the next time you say, your click could really make a difference. They've never seen it make a difference yet. You have to show that to them. It's got to be a two-way street. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I will also tell you, I've had some of those challenges over time where I, I think one of the biggest challenges that I've seen both in our work and in the work with clients is that um, sometimes there's an assumption we make that advocates know exactly what to do. That we, that they're like, we're like, hey, contact your legislator. And then all of a sudden they'll be contacted and magic will happen, right? And I think that we've really focused over the last few years in this idea of an engagement funnel and thinking about what is the easiest action an individual can take going down to the hardest and really thinking about this relationship of the you have with your advocates have they taken no no actions with your organization in three to four years and now you're asking them to take an action is this someone who's taken a few different actions or we maybe maybe is it time to ask them to take a harder action so really thinking about the relationship you have with them which i don't know that the groups analyze enough to be honest I will say I don't think any groups analyze it enough. I think there's always more analysis we can do when it comes to getting to know the, not just the makeup of our constituencies, but their needs. What drives them? What are they hoping to accomplish? We can always learn more. Uh, it, it's complicated also by the challenge you were saying, do, what, what actions have people taken in the past? What actions do they remember taking in the past? Do they know they have a relationship with you? Are you just a face on an email or a name on an email? Or do they have a personal investment in you? That's very hard to get out of the data. It's very hard to tell whether 10 petition link clicks is actually a person who is committed to the cause or is it a person who was really motivated by your subject lines because you write great subject lines. The data doesn't always tell us that. So there's always going to be more analysis to do. Yeah. All right. So, all right. Moving from the relationship, and my bet is we could just talk about that for an hour, but moving from that to uh, digital tools and how that helps the relationship, do you have a favorite digital tool? Right now, my favorite digital tool is a platform called Phone to Action. It's one that we've started using at NPCA in the last uh, two years, but I was familiar with from uh, previous employment. It's 
a really excellent platform that allows you to send text messages to people who've opted in, but it also has a good suite of advocacy tools for letting those people get in touch with their decision makers, whether that's a governor, a senator, or a custom target via email or phone or social media. So there's a lot of flexibility in it. And I've just been so drawn to flexibility over the course of my career, the ability to add options to the tool set and to allow campaigns to expand into the spaces that they need to be in, that I've just been a fan of that level of flexibility that we get from phone to action. So it's currently top of my list personally and the thing I turn to first. Yeah, and so talk a little bit more about the problems that phone to action that this tool helps you solve in your work. I think one of the biggest problems we face with any digital tool and with any digital engagement for a campaign is a problem of scale. And that goes back to the earliest days of any campaign, whether you were knocking on doors or handwriting flyers or turning people out by phone trees, whatever technology you're using, you're always looking for the ability to scale it up to make a difference, to make an impact. And technology, digital technology, opened up a lot of doors for a lot of campaigns right away. It let us scale up from phone trees to phone banks. It let us scale up from writing letters to sending emails and generating massive, massive numbers. So digital tools in general solve that problem very, very well. One of the things I think gets solved even more rarely, but better in many ways with digital tools is scaling down is not just looking for the big numbers, but looking for a small number of, again, genuine connections, personalization, getting people to take an action that is meaningful to them is often the, the step that makes them take an action that is a higher impact action, a phone call or a personalized visit to a legislator's office, for example. Scaling down is a lot harder to do with technology, but people are beginning to find more ways of doing it. And I think that's very powerful and a good step for online advocacy. Yeah. So let's dig in a little bit more on that, right? So when you're talking about a small, a small group or frankly, a large group that is trying to engage in a smaller conversation, like for you, what does scaling down look like? Like, can you be a little bit more and feel free to, we have a pretty wonky audience and they really like this stuff. So dig a little bit deeper in what that would mean. I can give a great example from NPCA's work in the very recent past. We were looking to engage on a state level decision out West. We looked through our data, we looked looked at all of our constituent records and figured out how many people do we have on our email list in this state? How many of those people have taken a lot of actions in the past? That gives us a pretty decent universe, but this is also pretty standard stuff. This is how you begin to develop audiences. We used also, uh, this was one of our earliest attempts at using phone to action to scale down. So we took that data, that list of people who had taken multiple actions, lived in this state, and had uh, participated in some sort of phone activity, giving us their phone number, e even at a base level. And we sent a very traditional online action alert to those folks. It was asking them to click through, write a letter. A lot of folks did write that letter. We looked at the data then at people who customized that letter. We reached out to them individually. Old school campaigning, just pick up the phone and say, hey, you gave us your phone number, you customized a letter. 
So we went from our large funnel of just people who live in this state to people who were highly engaged in this state, to people who took the action in the state, people who customized the action in the state, called up one of them. Actually, I think we called up two or three of them. And it turns out one of them was a former employee of the agency we were lobbying. That's absolute advocacy gold right there. This was someone who was super engaged, super knowledgeable, very motivated, and willing to do a lot more for us than we would have asked if we hadn't started out looking at the data. We gave him the flexibility to engage in a way that was meaningful to him, scaled down to his level to find him, and let him scale right back up in the way he engaged with that agency. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And I think I have worked with so many groups where that action of picking up the phone and you start with your huge big funnel of advocates and you get to that smaller group. And when you do that, you're usually able to find gold in there somewhere. It's just the exercise of doing it. It is. I think it's one of the mo most powerful things about using technology. We, when we're trying to solve problems at scale, we often get stuck at the large scale. We often try to generate the million petition signatures. And that can make a difference very often. There is a lot of power in that too. But you can also use that same data and that same tool set to sift for that gold. And that can make a lot of difference. Yeah, and so while we're talking about sort of lists, can we diverge a little bit and get into sort of a list building conversation real quick? How have you built your list with National Parks Conservation Association? How would you recommend other groups build their list? Give us a little bit around that because that's always a challenge. It's always a challenge. And I've worked through my entire career in digital facing that challenge. And no one's really cracked the code in a way that works for every situation every time. There's no single answer. The thing that's worked best for us is extremely nerdy, and I love it. We use very traditional tool sets. We'll buy a, a placement on a site like Care2 or those similar vendors, uh, or we'll do a big Facebook purchase. But instead of optimizing for clicks and conversions, we pick the driest, most boring, nerdiest, in the weeds, wonkiest issue we can come up with and we write that copy for the person who knows so much about the issue that they don't even have to read it anymore. And what that's done for us is skyrocketed our retention. We're not bringing in a bunch of people based on our cute headlines and our pictures of beautiful wildlife who then back away when they figure out, oh, this group's going to ask me to write my legislator. Or, oh, heck, I didn't know that you actually wanted to create new national park sites. I thought you just wanted to tell me that bears are nice. It's, it's back to the question of being genuine. You know, we, we lead with what they're going to get when they sign on with us. They're going to get policy. They're going to get advocacy. We lead with that. We retain folks. That's worked great. It's not a huge funnel, but it is a solid funnel. And so I think that's a really interesting thing and probably something you needed to train your team on. Your, your conversion rate probably went down a little bit from getting like, because you're, you probably got, would get more conversions if it was less wonky, but they wouldn't be as good, right? The retention. So did you get, do you feel like you got a lower conversion rate, but a higher retention rate? Is that what happened? 
I can't speak to that directly. This practice was put in place uh, by the team long before I started, and these folks know what they're doing. I take no credit for it except staying out of their way, but I will evangelize it because it's. Uh, I see the results every day. We've got a very stable list, and it. I, you can't argue with the way that our membership team has been doing it. That's great. I mean, and I think that's worth testing, and I think that's the point, right, is can you test different approaches that allow you, it might be worth sacrificing your conversion rate a little bit to get a higher retention rate, and it's really thinking through that. That's, that's a great example. So um, phone to action, anything like specific around that tool that you're like, here's your favorite thing about it, or something that really jumps out to you for it? The thing that jumps out most to me uh, on phone to action is the fact that so much online advocacy revolves around getting comments into federal agencies or executive agencies at the state level. And those agencies often restrict their input gathering to particular web forms that are frankly awful. They're not very, they're not very user friendly. They have a lot of steps. They look confusing. You've got to go through a lot of clicks with weird-looking URLs to find them. It's a little bit off-putting to a lot of users. Phone to Action is one of the few platforms I've encountered that allows us to create our own advocacy pages that feed into regulations.gov or the National Park Service planning portals. And so we can make the user experience a lot better. We can make it so that our advocates actually feel like they understand what they're being asked to do and that they are connecting in a friendly way that's not uh, that, that's not imposing, that's not intimidating. That to me was one of the huge deciding factors in going in deciding to move on with phone to action is just the ability to be a front end for so many of the portals that are really important to moving federal policy. Yeah. And how do you integrate that in the rest of your data or the rest of your work, right? How does that then feed into the other things you're doing? Mm -hmm. Well, we, we have, uh, of course, a database of record for our, uh, primarily for our fundraising and our donor relationship management. We use Blackbaud's Illuminate Online for our emailer. Um, I will go to my grave singing the praises of Illuminate Online's emailer. It is rock solid. There's a reason it's a standard. And it works well with phone to action. We're able to send emails out via Illuminate that pass user information through the URL to autofill the advocacy form on the phone to action side. Just last year, Phone to Action rolled out a data integration that sends that interaction data right back to Illuminate Online on the back end that integrates with our database of record. So there's a good free flow of information there. But the important thing to me is that it's opaque to the user. Right? They, they unsubscribe via Phone to Action. They're pulled out of Illuminate. They sign up in Illuminate. They end up in Phone to Action. They take an action in Phone to Action. We know about that on the Illuminate side and can track it. It's it's a pretty decent data flow. Our needs are not enormous, but they are certainly met. Do you have another tactic or two? So you've listed two now that you, you love as far as tools. Do you have another tactic that you're a big fan of these days that you've been trying out? I think within that tool set especially, the tactic that I'm most excited about trying out is social media integrations, specifically getting folks to post tweets targeting their lawmakers. It's something we've all been wanting to do for a long time, and uh, depending on campaign needs and resources, a lot of us have been trying it out and tinkering. 
but there's just not been a ton of evidence of its efficacy. And so there's always a question of how much effort do you put into a tactic that may not pay off. The easier it gets, though, the more likely I am to play with it. I love the fact that it is public pressure. It's like putting a billboard next to a legislator's office, right? It's not only that you're talking to them, it's that you're telling the world that you're talking to them. Yeah, I mean, but there is this debate among practitioners around the use of social versus the use of email, right? Email is great for conversions and really amazing for you to be able to track those conversions. Social is great for visibility, but not so great for conversions. And so how you work those two things in, I think, is really important. And sometimes I think people miss this conversation completely. I got to say, one of my fondest memories of my young and naive days in campaigning, <laughs> so I was working at an organization that took out one of those billboard buys where you put up three billboards in a congressional district, and then we put out a press release on it. And here I'm sitting in the digital office thinking, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Who cares that we put up billboards? And it wasn't until years later that a lightning bolt came down and smote me in the head that said, oh, we're telling our target Right. that we are engaging in a public campaign against them. We're not telling newspaper readers that we're engaging in a public advocacy campaign. The newspaper readers aren't the point here. The point was we're doing this publicly. And I think that's what social brings to the table better than just about anything else digitally. Yeah. And I think it's just understanding the use of those tools, right? I think yeah. sometimes, sometimes people get mixed up and think that one thing is doing the other. But I agree. I mean, I think you need both. I think this idea of having public visibility can be super important, especially in advocacy and figuring out how you're going to do that. And we've, you know, still occasionally done those billboard campaigns because they work, right? And so it just, you just have to think strategically about what you're doing. And I guess that comes back to a bigger question that I always ask folks is like, how do you create this understanding of strategy first and then tactics as opposed to going straight to the tactics? Because I think that is also a flaw that people have. It's a flaw that people have and I totally understand it. The tactics are understandable. The tactics often have an immediate tangible payoff. The tactics very rarely tell you whether you're succeeding in the long term though. And that's the real trap is the inability to pull back and remember what your actual goal is, what your actual objective is. And that's a campaign planning question. It's not an implementation question. If you're in the middle of implementation and asking, is this tactic achieving our goal? And there's nothing in your plan that tells you that <laughs> an answer to that question, you've missed a step. Right. Yeah. And so I think it's doing those steps first. I love having these conversations about tools, but I always love coming back to that have a strategy first kind of conversation because sometimes it totally gets lost. Yeah. Well, Zach, this has been an awesome conversation. Uh, do you have any favorite resource? Could be a podcast uh, like this one or different one. A, it could be a book. Any resource you would recommend for folks to sort of dig into the wonkiness of advocacy? I mean, podcasts like this one are really fantastic. Podcasts and webinars offered by any firms out there, any consultants, any tech vendors out there, because they get a good cross cut. They share a lot of data from a lot of different sources and a lot of expertise. 
But my favorite sources honestly come from the community. We share information with other practitioners. You follow folks on Twitter. You join email lists. My favorite is called Nerdy Mail. That's a fantastic resource. I've been lurking on it for 10 years now. But everybody shares information. We're all learning things every day. We're all sharing data with each other every day. You can go to those lists. You can go to Twitter. You can go to podcasts. You can sign up for folks' email lists. If you look at a group like um, Ultraviolet or Color of Change and get on their email lists, see what they're up to, you learn a lot just by consuming things that other folks are doing in the space. Uh, all right, Zach. So last question. If folks want to get involved in your work at the National Parks Conservation Association, how can they do that? Best way is definitely go to npca.org. Find us on Twitter at NPCA, Facebook at National Parks. Follow us, sign up for our email or text lists. Visit National Parks when you can. Get out there and introduce folks to the, the history, the culture, the nature. Get folks to understand why these places are so valuable and why all Americans need to get to work together to protect them. That's what builds the movement. That's what we want to do. All right. Zach Ragborn, thanks so much for being on the show. It's so great to chat with you. Thank you very much, Joe. This has been great. All right. 